Yo, this is Tom Lope, and you're cooling out with No Jibba Jabba FM. It's that funky cold Medina. Hey, hey, and welcome to the first official Death Cakes podcast of 2017. Hammer, hammer, I am hammer. They put me in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys only knew. Yeah, that's an in-joke. I mean, it ties into what we're about to be talking about, but (laughs) it's it's also (laughs) some inside baseball. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, yeah, welcome to um, Death Cakes Podcast, where the 90s and the 80s, we lived it. We're dragging you back. I am one of your hosts, Jay, also known as Jay Rue, and I'm here with... And my name is John, but of course you guys know me, I'm Il Rockski, I'm Illy. Yeah, and today we are talking about inside baseball. Um, we are going to be talking about something that's near and dear to our heart. Yes, and hopefully, near, near, very, very local. Yeah, uh, hopefully near and dear to our local listeners' hearts as well. Um, but, you know, if you're not from the St. Louis area, please still listen, because, you know, you'll probably have some similar memories of stations yourself. We are talking about the premier, I don't want to use the term ur- urban, but the uh, premier rap station, the R&B station that It was the Black Station. The black, yeah, the Black Station that we grew up with uh, in St. Louis. It is, of course... Continuous music, Magic 108 FM. Yes. Oh, yeah. Man, I still see, um, well, I guess that's not, I will, I don't see cars anymore, but I still see, like, if you go to, um, old, uh, I guess auto repair places that have been around for a while, you still see, like, Magic 108 bumper stickers on the wall. Yeah. And, um, my brother, when he was growing up, he had like an old plastic vinyl window sticker of, of Magic 108 that was in his window forever. I but, remember that. But when when we remodeled the house and we put in new windows, my dad kept the, all the old window panes and he had them out in the out in the uh, the, the shed out back, and it was there till maybe four or five years ago it was still there now i wanted to find a way i could get that sticker off there without tearing it up (laughs) but yeah magic 108 yeah so i guess uh we should begin this with the uh with the questions (laughs) how far back do you remember magic 108 yeah the question we haven't asked in a long time um, I'll tell you right now, the first back I remember, um, as I've said on this show before, I wasn't big into music until probably the early, or the late 80s, early 90s is when I really listened and gave a damn about music. Right. Um, 
So, you know, I would always just listen to what my parents listened to. But, um, my brother, he listened to all kinds of stuff. He, he would be listening to KC the Rock Station more than Magic sometimes. But he had this one cassette tape. And I remember it just because it had the, uh, um, it had, had the announcer saying, saying, you know, KMJM Magic 108. But, the music that was on there was just, you know, it, it was a eclectic kind of mix because it, it, it was a cassette tape that he was recording off the radio, you know, back when you could do that. And, you know, it was, I forget who the DJ was, but, you know, he said, said the call letters and then started playing uh, Freakazoid by Midnight Star. Nice. Yeah, and then he played that, and then it went into the rapping Duke. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that that's that's sort of my earliest memory of magic. Um, you know, I would listen to like my, my parents really didn't listen to it because even though you know they were primarily an R and B station, it was more modern R and B, modern for the time, and my, my parents were more into like jazz and like the old, the oldies, blues and stuff like that. Blues, they yeah. They didn't really play that on Magic, so um, you know, anytime that I listened to Magic, I was either tuned in on my own radio or I was in the car with your mom. Yeah. So, let me click over for a sec. Um, and I remember music, I mean, okay, so when I got into music again, late 80s, early, you know, well, definitely late 80s, I was seven years old. That's like eighty-eight, going into eighty-nine. Um, but we're talking about before that, and I don't know. See, do you remember back in like eighty-three, eighty-four, or even eighty-five? Do you remember there being? Was it still Magic One Hundred Eight, or did they change it? Is it, is that when they changed it? Changed it to what? Well, because originally it was, I get well. I know definitely before I was born it was KKSS. This was what my mom told, tells me, and then uh, the format was a little different. And then it changed the Magic One Hundred Eight sometime in the eighties. Yeah, it it changed. Now I'm gonna preface this. This is not gonna be like one of our regular shows where we have solid facts and history, just because there's not a lot out there. Everything is gonna be an oral retelling. From what right. we remember, the one thing that I do know, though, is that uh, that the on the radio dial it was one hundred seven point seven. Yes, uh, it became KMJM on in nineteen seventy nine is when it officially became Magic. Okay, all right, all right. So we can next. Okay, so that we can answer that question. And by the way, yeah, he said one hundred seven point seven. They called it one hundred eight anyway. Yeah, because they rounded it up. Right, that's what they used to do back then. All the a lot of stations used to do that. Now, uh, it's definitely you know you gotta have it. You could say exactly what it is. Um, but anyway, so another thing is, were they switching channels, or do I remember rock music being played on that on that channel too? Because I remember fucking Tears for Fears being played in the car for some reason. Yeah, in the early days, they they played kind of everything, and I'm talking early '80s now. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about like, you know, you know 80, 83, 84. Yeah, yeah, between 80, 83 and 84. 
maybe up as far as 85, but they, they were playing a lot of, because it, it wasn't just black music at the time. It was a lot of the contemporary pop hits too. Okay. All right. That makes a lot more sense then. Yeah. So you would get, um, not like, like the teeny pop, teeny bopper bubblegum type stuff, but you would get some, some of the other stuff. Shout, shout, let it all out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just knew, I knew I remembered there being rock music, and I didn't know if that was because they were switching stations, uh, or if they were all being played on the same one, because I just didn't have a clear memory of what that was. But okay, so we've answered that question, now we can go forward. So, I mean, music was always there, I, you know, I I, I liked music, but, um, I want to say that I really started paying attention, and this sounds like some... I know I mentioned this way back in one of our early episodes too, Jay. Um, I was talking about back in, back when my parents split up, um, in 88. And my dad gave me his boombox. You know, he let me keep his boombox until, uh, you know, while I was gone, then I bring it back to him whenever we'd see him on the weekends. And he'd keep it for, you know, that next couple weeks. And then the next time we would trade off like that every couple weeks. And that's when I started, uh, and he gave me blank tapes. And that's when I started recording stuff off the radio. And, you know, of course, I have it on Magic 108, so I'm picking up, you know, uh, 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 Run DMC and, then fucking Houdini, LL Cool J, and all these artists, you know, I was kind of, that was kind of like my, those are my formative years as far as like getting into hip hop, you know, so I got into it very young. And that was why, you know, cause he gave me the boombox or until, until he, until he ended up buying me my own. I was at my dad's big ass, uh, is that one, uh, is that brand, uh, realistic? In fact, if you've seen, uh, Stranger Things, you've seen some of their stuff is have that same brand. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a big ass, it's a realistic, it's a big ass ghetto blaster. And he would, uh, he would let me, uh, borrow it every couple weeks. So that's when I started recording music and, really starting to pay attention to who artists were and what songs were what you know uh yeah. new edition was out going hard and then you mentioned uh midnight star earlier um i can take a few years back man that song um headlines you remember that one yeah headlines headlines that one <laughs> <laughs> it's coming in the car all the time yeah but um i mean magic 108 it it was with us when we were young all the way until holy shit until till radio died basically you know when when, uh radio gave way to um all of the the giant conglomerates like clear channel and and uh, god who what are the other ones that are out there there was radio one um there's another one I don't know I mean and Oxia Channel is now iHeartRadio so yeah they might all be just absorbed into that yeah before it, everything became incorporated and went to that Jack FM format when radio stations were owned by the by people that lived in the city and the, the yeah. talent was local talent you didn't have you know a Ryan Seacrest syndicated show on on every station, you know, every city had their guy. You know, every city had their morning show. It's it's still kind of that way, but with the with you know the internet and everything else, 
you know, all the, these morning shows are, you know, on YouTube or they're on iHeartRadio or, you know, they're, they're streaming somewhere so you can listen to them. Yeah, all that stuff's kind of gone away. You know, I mean, almost everything is syndicated now. I mean, even playlists have definitely been, but now uh, a lot of morning shows and afternoon shows are becoming that way too. Yeah, and it wasn't really that way. I mean, you had it a little bit with, like, the, the major people, like, you know your your Howard Stern's uh, of the world sort sort of brought that that nationwide syndication in, and so you had you know like Tom Joyner and all that all the, those uh, uh, black DJs and shows. But for the most part, during the day, you had your local crew, and that's who you followed, and that's who you you listened to all the time. And it used to be so dope whenever we travel, you know, and you go to other cities, and you would hear. You know, you find the, you know, you find the other other rap station there. You know, the rap and R and B station to be very similar, but just different enough. Yeah. You know, to where it was actually kind of interesting. And now, I mean, everywhere you go, it's going to be the same. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember going to Atlanta one time when I was going to visit Morehouse and listening to the rap station there, and they had their version of Pump It or Dump It, which you know we'll talk about. A little bit later, but you know that was their version of it, and I'm sure there's versions of it all over you know the country with a different name and you know same basic premise. But um, yeah, let's get back, back to, to back, back to back to Magic 108. Yeah, in particular. So we co- okay, so we kind of covered, we kind of scratched the surface of like what the early '80s kind of was was kind of a mixed format. Eventually, they went to rap and R&B, definitely a lot of rap though. Um, Not really, no. Rap didn't start till like late, late eighties, early nineties. Is that what? Okay, all right. Because it was all R and B, and then on Sundays they played gospel. At least I think in the I mornings. remember that now. Yeah, in the mornings they played gospel. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm misremembering. My bad. Um, another thing was um, they played a lot, a, a fuck ton of Prince. Um. Uh, uh, Morris Day in the Time, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and Prince. Of course, this was the mid 80s, you know, everything was. Prince and all his protégés, Sheena E. and. Um, what was, was the chick from the Purple Rain movie? Her her show? Her group, I mean. Oh, Vanity Six? Yeah. And then, yeah, um, fucking. Oh, the Jets, DeBarge, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that was that was pretty much it for you know like the early '80s. It, it was a lot of that stuff. A lot of you know disco was still kind of big, so you'd get like the Midnight Stars still playing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what was that one? The other song they had, uh, "No Parking on the Dance Floor." Yep. No parking, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. A lot of cameo. Remember a lot of that. Um, who else did they play a lot of, man? Fucking the Gap Band. Yeah. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Some P Funk oh, in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you really didn't get a lot of rap. And when you did, it was. Well, I, I mean, even back then, I, I said it on our. Our uh, not sister show when when we all guessed it on the disorderlies, 
uh, oh, with Bodega, Bodega Box, Box Office. Office. Yeah. I said Shout out to those guys, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I said then that, you know, those early rap guys, you know, the fat boys and you know, those people, I appreciate what they did. You know, they, they are pioneers. They, they put hip hop on the map, but their songs are very simple and very basic. <laughs> you know, they weren't talking about anything other than going to a party or how well they rhyme. You didn't get, I mean, I'm not talking about gangster rap or, you know, anything else, but their rhymes didn't have that much substance. Really. It was yeah, but boasting. God damn it. God damn it, man. I'm telling you, like, Houdini and, and all that stuff. I mean, I remember we were, uh, the fat boys and all that kind of stuff. I remember in kindergarten, man, where all of us were trying to beatbox and shit, you know, be in the bathroom and stuff because that was, that's what you were getting. Yeah, yeah. Well, Houdini, I would say, had, you know, lyrics that had something to them. But, you know, like, you know, I'm just like, like the fat boys or, uh, was it Audio 2? Audio 2, yeah. That was later, but. Yeah. Yeah, but still, it was just that rhyme scheme. It wasn't. I I don't need need a rap song to be a story or nothing, but you know, I I just I just think it's simple, and I just don't. It, it doesn't jive with me, but that's just. Oh. Me. And I'll nah, probably get some man. backlash for that. But. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, this was these were my formative years, you know what I'm saying, and like, um, and I was into it very young, so. To me, all that stuff, it just has a special place in my heart, all of it. So, yeah. I was definitely really into it. Plus, you know, where you grew up, there were, you know, rock was bigger. Yeah. And yeah, then, you know, I, that pop stuff, you know, so you got, you probably got a lot more of that. Oh, I got too much of that. <laughs> I got too much of that, if you want to be honest. I mean, yeah. man, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was, uh, I, we had, uh, some kind of, uh, after school thing one time and it was uh oh it was the jumpathon i don't know if anyone else ha- had that it's when you uh you jump rope all day and like before the the day you get it's kind of like a marathon where oh, oh where you get sponsored about, uh, jump rope for heart yeah yeah, yeah. you yeah, do that. that and uh uh we were doing that one time and you know me and my group that that were doing the jumping uh, we started talking about Wild Wild West and so you know we started singing it and you know I'm thinking in my head the cool moldy Wild Wild West they're thinking the is it Guns N' Roses or Poison or something that also has a Wild Wild West but the it was like the B fifty two. Oh, you talking about another one? There was no, like no, another. There, I want to shit maybe Bon Jovi, <laughs> but I, I mean the 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 chorus <laughs> the chorus is the exact damn the same thing because it's just oh is it no, the wild wild west? That's all it is. Oh, so, that one. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about ah. Uh, I thought it was the B fifty twos or one of them one of them groups. No, it it was you got me bugging now. Hold on, it was a. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. It was, uh. 
29th Street Convent. Everything's upbeat. Parties. Ball in the park. Nothing. But girls at the dark, we chill. Is that right? The Escape Club? Escape Club. Yeah, I pulled the same okay. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah, it is the Escape Club. And, and the the... The chorus is just saying Wild Wild West. So we were both singing Wild Wild West. And then I started going into, <laughs> I used to live downtown, 129. And everyone was looking at me like, what? I was like, you're singing Wild Wild West. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not our Wild Wild West. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like well, this is my Wild Wild West. <laughs> oh, shit. But. Um, but yeah, so there's there's the yeah, so that's 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 what you were dealing with. I have you know all of us beatboxing it on bathroom breaks, you know, yeah, and trying to break dance and shit, you know. But um, anyway, so that's kind of like the kind of like the mid, mid the mid eighties, the early part of the eighties. We get to the later part. I mean, I'd be lying if I knew names of uh, anybody from before then. Um, so I guess we're getting to the late eighties. Um, that's when I started really paying attention to the format of what it was. Cause mm-hmm. I turn on the radio in the morning expecting to hear, you know, like, so I, uh, my favorite was LL Cool J. I want to hear some LL Cool J. And of course I wouldn't get it. I get, uh, I, I, I get new edition or, um, I don't know who, whoever the hell else, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that's, um, um, that's when you know we introduced uh, you know you you start learning the, the format like you said um, you know it was uh, mornings was 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. to what 11 o'clock about 11 yeah would be the morning show then 11 to uh, about 2 would be your afternoon block and that that's when you 2 or 3 that, that's where you get a lot of the R&B and some of the pop stuff then yeah you get a few rap songs in there but for the most part R&B the, yeah then um, 3 to 6 that was the afternoon drive right and rush then rush hour yeah then from 6 to 9 10. oh yeah 9 yeah 9 it didn't become 10 later would be you know the the evening program dude you know, and that's especially in the the nineties, which we'll get to in a minute. That's where bulk of your rap was played on Magic, and then from nine o'clock to I think two would be the late night love making baby making music. <laughs> which, um, if you go go back in our archives. Oh yeah, of course. We you, gotta tie that in. Yeah, you, gotta, you will actually hear us try to simulate those different times uh, with what we dubbed our magic sodes, which were yes, which is what we're talking about here. This is this is where those episodes come from. Yeah, yeah, which were our sort of homage to to not just the music of that era, the, the black butt rock. <laughs> <laughs> but it was also an homage to the DJs and the programming that was uh, featured on Magic 108, you know? Especially your show. You did one, the the afternoon drive. What what was it? 
Yeah, the afternoon drive. Yeah, the afternoon drive. Yours was the most authentic sounding to Magic 108 that I think we had ever done. Yeah, I even had a caller call in and request Man, some fuck music. You. No, we're, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. How, how oh, you man. missing, you, you used my voice illegally. I think you wanted to hear Joe Public. I, okay, I'll play you some Joe Public. You said it. It was we're, like the other episode. We're not talking about them today. <laughs> you have to. We're talking about and Magic 108. You, they you love Joe Public. You better be damn sure they ain't getting played either. <laughs> Not on this episode. <laughs> oh shit! But yo, so <laughs> so yeah. So so what was happening there is uh, we were paying paying homage to, and, and the way that started was because you 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 did that episode, um, in I guess that was episode what twenty twenty nine, where you just wanted to play all the music, you wanted to revisit that because we did we we done a point five episode about that. Um, and then in 29, you did another one where you just playing the music and you said something about Magic 108 in there or just kind of signed off like it. It's, you made some allusion to Magic 108 in there. And then I did another one with just early 90s, you know, kid and play, MC Hammer, all that kind of stuff. And that's where, and you text me, you were like, so, you said like, so I'm the afternoon I'm the afternoon guy and you're the you're the six o'clock guy. And then when we were taking our our winter hiatus, that's when you started doing the magic zodes. You know, back in like 2014 or whatever and shit. So that's where those that that's really how it all started. But now we're bringing it back full circle with this one, talking about the station itself. And yeah, so those those time those time slots, those formats, that's what we were that's what we were going for. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I don't so, know what else to really say of it than, you know, this is what we were listening to. And, yeah, you know, so why don't we, why don't we actually play some more music here? So, okay. uh, when, if you haven't listened to us before, if, if you're going, if you haven't gone back into the archives, we coined the term black butt rock, which is, <laughs> which is, uh, music from the, uh, the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, uh, that new jack swing, and even a little bit before that new jack swing. So, uh, yeah, why don't we play a little something here? More continuous music. We're jamming. Magic 108. Bye. 
108 Jazz Owners want to welcome you to St. Louis if you're visiting the town. Check it out, the VP Fair. You're invited to check out the 4th of July Super Jam 88 Midnight Sunday. That's tomorrow. It's a live concert starring Luther Vandross, Howard Hewitt, Patti LaBelle, Zap and the Whispers. Super Jam 88 this Sunday at midnight. All right. And that's, you know, black butt rock. You know, get get your butt moving. Kind of in the seat, you know? <laughs> and that's the, the, the shit we grew up on. But, um... You know, more than just the music, we tuned into Magic 108 for the shows, for, for the personalities, especially in the morning. Because the morning had the breakfast crew. Yeah. And I, I know that the term breakfast crew has been used in other cities and places, but this... Breakfast crew is just as ubiquitous as the quiet storm. Yeah. You would think people would have, would have more creativity when they yeah. call up with these things, but... Yeah, I think every city had a breakfast crew, and every st- every city definitely has a quiet storm. Yeah, or the morning zoo, or whatever you called it in your city. Yeah, but ours was hosted by by Tony Scott, and the first co-host whose name always escapes me, Kevin Woodson. Kevin Woodson, yes, thank you. And then um, I had a girl too, but she she was like the the newswoman. Yeah, and um, that one changed a lot. Yeah, I can't remember. God, I can't remember the name. I and it was, you know what? Just last week when we were talking about going into this episode next, I had the name in mind and I forgot it already because the one who came after her was Deneen Busby, right? But before her, somebody else. I can't fucking remember. Yeah, but Robin it, it, Bo- Robin Boyce maybe? No, because uh, she no. was a she was the uh, oldie slot, like kind of like the late morning. No, that wasn't Robin Boyce. That was uh... yeah. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was Robin Voice, and then Chad Saunders took over after her. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was thinking of Chad Saunders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't remember who, who the newswoman was the first time, but uh, the Breakfast Crew. Man, that was that was my shit every morning. Dude, yeah. <laughs> I have been waiting so long to talk about this. Uh, they had segments they, every every day. They had something different, and I don't remember. I think it was Wednesdays, or maybe it was Fridays, where they had "Bust Your Neighbor," and yeah. they call they call in and they <laughs> talk. You'd uh, you know you you put your neighbor's uh dirt out there, like talking about like uh let's say or you know not say that's I say no can't talk, not necessarily your neighbor, but like somebody you've seen, you know somebody fucking up, you know. So she was talking about uh this one caller called in, and she said that. She was at a beauty salon and she saw the stylist pick her nose and then curl it into the lady's hair. <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. And, you know, the one thing that I I remember more than anything else is uh, Kevin Woodson. Uh, Tony Scott was the host. Kevin Woodson was the sidekick. And Kevin Woodson did a lot of voices and stuff. So he would, you know, quote unquote, call in. As one, one one of these characters, yeah. and he had all kinds of characters. Um, but the one that stood out, and the one 
gives me the most nostalgia is Mrs. Leonard, <laughs> which uh, the character was just an old black lady who listened to you know magic and just got the names of everything wrong. She she would yeah. hear the the songs and and was just old and didn't hear it right. And God, if I didn't laugh every and I mean belly laugh. And it was the point where. You know, my parents really didn't listen to magic, but like if I, I was driving, if my mom was driving me to school, I I would turn to magic, right? And that was something that you know me and my mom would actually you know, like laugh at every time she called in. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it was to the point where if if she was on, I would go get my mom. Like even if we were at home, and I was listening in my room, I'd go get my mom and say, "Hey, mom." Mrs. Leonard's on, or, or Mrs. Leonard's gonna call in, you know. Yeah. So, God. But I'm, you know what? But I'm your mom. Complete blank on one of the calls to you. I can't remember one to save my life. Well, sit there and see if you can jog your memory for a second, you know. But I'll tell you what, though. You're talking about your mom. Your mom didn't listen to rap. I mean, neither your parents did. But she was with it, though. I mean, if like, I remember riding in the car, and if you turn it on, she would sit there and listen to it and have fun with it, you know. She just didn't. She wouldn't on her own time. But I mean, you know, she was cool about it. Now my dad, he wouldn't go near Magic Wheel wait after they started playing more rap music. My mom kept it there because she was a little more, she was a little more open to it. She didn't have much hip hop in her collection. Maybe a couple of tapes, you know. But she was into the R and B and just kind of the R and B pop that was out at the time. So that's what uh, that's the station we we were listening to. But uh, yeah, I go to school every morning. Uh, dropping my bro- we ride in the car, drop my brother off at the babysitters or the daycare, wherever he'd be at, and then we'd ride the rest of the way to school and catch all this stuff in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other the other voice that I remember he used to do, and again he did a lot of them. But you mentioned the one Mrs. Leonard. The other one I remember is uh, Melvin Piro, who was a uh, a gay hairstylist. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> and I don't remember what his what his his reasoning for calling into the show was but I do remember um, they would take songs and then uh, he would redo the songs like they would have and they they play them like right, right in the rotation too like there was a song called um, oh no 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 because I can't remember the name of that song so I won't bring that one up but uh Okay, twenty three hundred Jackson Street. You know that one. Everybody knows that one. Mm-hmm. So they had a they had a remake of it called ninety two oh one Enright Street. So it was like you know twenty three hundred Jackson Street, always home. It's ninety two oh one Enright Street. It's Melvin's home. So it was like his advertisement for where <laughs> where his hair salon is. <laughs> <laughs> And he got another song. I can't remember the artist. I can't remember the name of the song. So it doesn't matter. But I just remember it being about him going off on some chick who didn't pay, uh, who didn't, who, 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 who stiffed him on a, uh, on a bill. And he's going off on her and rapping and shit like that. It was hilarious. Oh, shit. But, yeah. So that was like the 89s, like maybe. 90, 91, 92, because then he moved to Texas. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Woodson did. Yeah. And then um, he was replaced by Mark Clark. 
Yes. And um, if you're in the D.C., Maryland area, Baltimore area, that may sound familiar because it's the same dude. Um, he got his start, his first radio gig. And actually, I will put a link on um, Facebook of an interview he did. He, he gave a, a talk somewhere. Yeah, it was like a motivational keynote thing he did yeah talking about how he but his his first gig was the breakfast crew on magic 108 yeah and he also attended my mom's old church but at the time when she was uh when she was going to a baptist church he was there yeah um mark i talk about that place because that preacher sold that church <laughs> without the without the rest of the congregation knowing and now there's a Menards uh, over there, so he cashed out pretty well after he went high and dry. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I didn't heard about that. But, um, yeah, Mark Clark came in, and like I said, he is the, the same dude that's in uh, Baltimore right now, and I think is pretty popular. Yeah, uh, he, he got a shout out in The Wire. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was mentioned on The Wire, so, um, and as far as I know, he is still on the air. Uh, but I remember when he first came on, people in St. Louis were having it. it. It was to the point where, where, you know, he hadn't really established any characters yet or anything. So, um, Kevin Woodson would from time to time still call in because people missed Mrs. Leonard and Melvin. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a void, man. I mean, it's like that anytime you replace, you know, replace a tenured, uh, personality, but especially when, with Kevin doing what he was doing, you know? Mm hmm. And I didn't hate Mark Clark, but I definitely missed those characters and just Kevin's humor. Yeah, no, I wasn't feeling him at first. But, um, you know, he got better. Oh, and yeah, he, we'll, he we'll get there. into some of that in a little bit. He, he was there for a while. He was there yeah. until the breakfast crew moved to the afternoon. I want to say. Um, but I remember one time I was at six. We were at six, six Flags or something. Me and my friends. And we were standing in line for something. One of the rides there. And we're just standing there shooting shit. And I heard these people talking. I thought somebody had brought like a radio in or something, you know, because I heard Tony Scott and Mark Clark talking, and I was like, "Man, that really does sound like like a Tony Scott." And then I looked at my watch. I'm like, "But it's like it's like noon. They're not on the radio anymore." And then I heard, you know, Tony Scott's catchphrase back then was, "Yeah, man." Mm -hmm. So he he gave one of those. And I'm like, wait a second. So I turned around, and I had never seen them in person before. So I turned around once, and you know, I looked right at him, and I didn't recognize him because I had never seen the picture of him before. So I turned around again, and then he gave that, yeah, man. So I turned back around, <laughs> and there they are talking. I'm like, holy shit! It's <laughs> it's uh, Tony Scott and Mark Clark because uh, now Magic was ha having some kind kind of event at the park, so all the personalities were there. Now, how surprised or, I guess, just, well, let me put it this way. 
Tony Scott was not what you expected when you saw him, was he? No. No. Because <laughs> everybody else, I like, kind of pictured him some, you know, somewhere kind of like what they what they sounded like. Tony Scott, he did not look or sound like anything like the way I pictured. No. No. Because Tony, well, Tony Scott's uh, Hispanic anyway. But, um, isn't he? Ooh, I'm pretty sure like I, I don't know. I, I'm almost positive he, he's Hispanic. But, uh, I mean, he's really light-skinned. And at the time, he still had kind of, it wasn't quite a Jerry Curl, but it was, it was kind of, you know, you know, <laughs> this is bad. You know, uh, Bishop from in the X-Men comics, you know, oh, the, the early, early days, he had that kind of. He kind of had the Sharpton, like a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of, a little bit like Sharpton, kind of, you know, and that was, and it was a hot day and that shit was just sweating. <laughs> And I was like, holy sh-. like, and he was literally right behind us. And I was just kind of like, you know, I, I would have said something or said hello or something, but I was just kind of shook. <laughs> so wow. I just let it go. But, um, yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, uh, Tony Scott and Breakfast Crew went for a long time, and they... They were funny as shit. Yeah. Um, so, and then that's when, like I said, after a while, you got Denise Busby in there. You had somebody else uh, used to come in and out. But uh, we'll, we'll get into some of their, some more of their exploits a little later. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, we got, we got, we got, we got a treat for you all. But um, <laughs> but okay. So around that time, also okay. So we're talking about. Uh, Tony and Kevin, and then I, I talked about the, uh, you know, Robin Voice, Chad Saunders. Um, yeah, now Chad Saunders was, was like the, the late morning person. The late morning, right. She was the, uh, she, the oldies, and then on through until the afternoon drive. And, yeah, because uh, she did the oldies lunch, and then, um, and you know, for a while when I was younger, every time that that oldies jingle came on, I always turned it off because I didn't want to hear it. Had the lunch, and that, that's when you got a lot of your like, like the the guests that, that would come in would be. Uh, I mean, not the stereotype, but usually the people listening during the day are women, so it'd be a lot of like women's talk about stuff, you know. So, so if she she did have, have a guest to talk about about something, it was usually something to deal with the household or mm-hmm. or women women. Not women issues, but you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, like Lifetime, but on the radio. Yeah, yeah, or or even if, if you want to go back to, I don't know if it's still that way because I haven't watched daytime TV in a while. But when you watch commercials during daytime TV, all the commercials are almost ninety percent geared towards women. 
Yeah. Especially on the network shows, because that's when you get the bulk of your, uh, or did, I don't know if it's the same now, but you got the bulk of your, uh, laundry detergent ads, mm-hmm. your, um, a lot of, like, baby formula and diaper ads, you know, all that kind of stuff, because the old way of thinking is that, you know, the woman is at home taking care of the house. So we're going to air all these kind of commercials now because they're, they're, they're the ones that are there. They're the ones that are shopping. Same thing with the radio. Yeah. Now, um, and I'm going to skip over the afternoon because I don't remember who was doing it at the time. But And they didn't really do anything. Get, yeah. Um, but the uh, I guess I want to talk about like kind of like the 6 o'clock slot. You had, you had JoJo and Captain G. And these guys, and I caught so much of their stuff, you know, because again, I'd be home from school and I'd be listening to the radio. I'd be recording stuff. I just have like tapes ready to go. And sometimes I sit there and record the whole show. Otherwise I have the, I don't think I had, cause the little boom box that I had didn't have a headphone jack. And so I'd have the, I'd have it like right next to me, just kind of on low and then when a song came on that, I, or would it, would it sound like a song that was that I wanted was going to come on? I turn it up and unpause the, the tape and let it start recording everything. Um, but I mean, God, they played so much shit, and they would go, they they'd mix. You know, it depended on the day, but sometimes they'd go in there and, and and mix for a while. Sometimes just play everything straight out, and then that's when we were talking about with the uh, the pump it or dump it. Yeah. Now. Come, um, cause Magic didn't play a lot of, they played some rap, but they didn't play a lot. Usually when 6 o'clock hit, it is when it switched over to almost completely all hip hop. Yep. For the rest of the night. Um, and, you know, I, I don't remember Captain G that much. I remember the dude that came after him. Um, which yeah. we'll talk about a little bit later, but um, yeah, because it kind of overlaps. Because he comes in, he comes in here pretty soon, but he's Captain G still got the slot. Captain G and uh, and JoJo. Yeah, but um, pump it or dump it. Um, it was basically they would have two song, two new songs from somebody. Um, they play them both back to back. And then it was a call-in thing where you would, or no, that that's not pump it or dump it. No, nah, that was called the, that was the battle. They did they oh, switched yeah. it up later, but yeah. no, nah, pump it or dump it was. I think they still did have two songs, but it wasn't like they played them back to back and had you choose one. It was it called they they play a new song and then they they call in and tell you whether to pump it or dump it. You know. Yeah. So you you would call in and and you know say I like it, pump it, or I hate it, dump it. And they tally up all the scores, and then yeah, with their <laughs> with their computer, their non-existent computer, yeah, they make the little computer noises. <laughs> and and at this time, if they wanted it, this thing go pop, 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 pop it up, homeboy. Oh, yeah. And then I, I forget what it was. If it was dump it, I don't remember. But they, they I remember changed the later that too. one, but not this one. They changed that yeah. too. They, they changed it to, to a crowd of people talking. Yeah, um, but I think that, that was, was Kevin Kev. Yeah, that's when Kevin Kev comes in because his goes 
It's like, pop it up. Yeah. And everybody claps. And then another one's like, dump it. Kick it to the curb. And everybody's grumbling. Yeah. But, yeah. but that, I don't remember Captain G's dump it. But that was pretty much, you know, and it, it wasn't like they, they would never play the song again. It, it, it wouldn't got get played less and it would be further in the, you know, deeper in the rotation. It might not, you it know, was deeper in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they still put it in the mix. Yeah. But you, you wouldn't hear it for maybe a day or two days. But uh, yeah. Um, and the one, for some reason, the one I remember the most is this one called, uh, it was this group called Domino Theory. And if you remember Color Me Bad, like, take Color Me Bad and filter it through, like, New Kids on the Block. And that's Domino Theory. And there's a song called Radio Driver. And so, <laughs> I remember they, they played that one on Pump It or Dump It, and everybody was like, dump it dump it and one was like this shit calls in he's like he's like magic going away uh pump it or dump it she's like dump that bull he's like it's bull he's like yeah it's bull get rid of it and then this guy's like uh dump it he's like why do you like it he's like it's too candy it's too candy <laughs> but, <laughs> but i mean no but I, I got like maybe one one person said pump it everybody was like dump it like just dump the shit out of it you know but i think i heard that song maybe one other time in my life on that channel yeah, it, <laughs> but I remember it because it was on a recording on one of my tape. Like I said, I let the tape go, and so that was on there. And I just and I think what came on right between the segments was a song that I wanted, and another song after that was another song that I wanted. So right there in the middle, I didn't want to record over that and risk you know going over one of my other tracks. So I just left it there that whole segment. So the whole segment of them calling in and and dumping it and then playing the song and everything that's why that's why I remember that one so much yeah and I just want to jump back real quick you're talking about uh, recording and tapes and stuff this is what we had to do ladies and gentlemen if, if you're if you were born in the late 90s or 2000s you know I, I know that cassettes are kind of making an underground resurgence but back in the day you had to have a cassette player that could record I would always go or have my mom go to um, to the store and buy like a three pack of blank cassette tapes oh, blanks, yeah. and I had to I you know I had to make sure that it was the 90 minute ones oh didn't it piss you weren't the 60 ones terrible the 60 ones and were the the quality was bad and when, when we say 60 uh length that that means 30 minutes on each side which is what maybe six songs five take uh, six or seven so yeah i mean you would have to sit there and well what what we did we we would um you know whenever we were listening to the radio you would hit record and then hit pause and then you just wait for your song to come on, and then you unpause it. So you could record that song, and then you hit hit uh, pause again, and, and there just was wait for your next it. song. You try to get as much as you could in the beginning, you know, with without missing too much of it, mm -hmm. and then you try to get as much of the end before they start talking again, or or playing a bumper, 
Right, right. And and then you would always play it back, you know, a couple seconds. So if, if you did get too much talking, you would record over that with the next song because time management was kind of like you are with your, your DVR now where you try to weed yeah, out that's the longer best, stuff. Yeah, you know, that's you your best to, comparison right there, your DVR. Yeah, you had to make sure that you had as much space as possible to get these songs, especially if they... If a, a DJ came in and did a mix, because I can't tell you the n- number of times that I'd be that I wasn't paying attention, a song would come on, and I'd get halfway through that tape and click off. And I'd, oh shit! Oh shit! So then I have to pull the tape out and flip it over and stick it back in and hit record real quick, and you know you miss part of the song. And not only that, not only that, but when that tape clicks off. There's a good two seconds of blank space that you're also missing. Yeah. So, like the tape, like the the recording actually stops probably like maybe two to three seconds before the tape clicks. So, if, if you heard the tape pop and you were in the middle of the song, you were pissed. And if you heard it at the end of the song, you were hoping it got as much of it as it could. Yeah. And you know that that was <laughs> that it was almost the game. It was an art form, man. It is record, and you had mentioned on another show about all the tapes I used to have. I uh, most of them were tapes recorded off of the radio. <laughs> yeah, these mixtapes that I've made. Yeah, the problem with it is that they all just said "Magic 108" on it. So I <laughs> go to yeah. your place, and be like, I want to play this one song. Like, which one is the Dua? It's the black one that says Magic 108. Well, there's like three black ones that say Magic 108. Uh, the black one with the green label that says Magic 108. Okay, See, that one. Yeah, <laughs> I had a system. Because on the rare occasions when I did label it, it, it all said the same thing. But then I would start put. I, I'd get... I had this weird nerd code in, in my head where I... Well, I've got a crazy memory anyway, which is why we have this show. But, you know, I, I would remember what songs are on what tape. So then I would just put like a little hashtag or a little, I mean, an actual hashtag, you know, like a a, dot, a number sign, mm-hmm. you know, or I, I'd put a, a check mark or something over there. And I said, OK, the magic tape, the black with the green has got a check mark on the left hand side. The third song in is mystical. And then song after that is this. So I, I knew what was on each tape and where in in each tape it was. Oh so. wow! See, my system was not that not that uh, that sophisticated at all. In fact, if I ever wrote on the labels, you know, again they would say like you know Magic What a Way to Whatever. And if there was a particular song on there that I know I was I was wanting, I'd write that name on it on that on that label. But then at some point, I'd go to record over some of that stuff. And so you scratch it out. You run out of space on the label, so here comes the duct tape. And that's when you start <laughs> writing over the duct tape. You tape over the front of that. But, uh, I mean, it didn't occur to me to just get a notebook and write that shit down, but. You don't need a notebook. You don't remember that shit. Oh, well, you I know, had back that then. shit all up in my head. Back then, hey, we remembered phone numbers and, you know, entire Rolodexes and everything like that, so I guess that's why. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We had to That's memorize phone numbers and shit too. That's crazy. yeah. I want to talk about something else, kind of around this time too. Um, and this was nineteen ninety. 
and it was one summer and I was pissed they pissed on my dreams some jackass pissed on my dreams anyway Magic Went Away had this they had this annual uh, wing cook-off event that they do <laughs> in Forest Park <laughs> yeah everybody local knows what I'm talking about too and this was the last one and there's a reason why it was the last one so they had um you know all the personalities there they had some musical guests some local bands or whatever some local talent and headlining it was LL Cool J and we were all going to sing my um mom and uh our cousin uh Yolanda you know Jay you know you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. muffin um we were all there I'm hyped because LL Cool J again this is my favorite rapper at the time I'm like I- I'm-, I'm gonna see LL Cool J right here you know and so we're uh somewhere in the middle of the afternoon a fucking gunshot goes off everybody takes off running and I don't know I don't remember anybody getting hit or getting hurt I think someone just licked in the air but for what reason I don't know but regardless um uh my mom and our cousin is that we're getting we're getting the hell up out of this place and we end up at fucking Hardee's for the rest of the night you know for for the next 20 minutes you know eating burgers and stuff like that I'm like yeah that was how anticlimactic you know, I think the show still went on too, but we were gone, so I missed the whole thing. I was steaming, steaming hot, pissed, and that was the last one there ever was. They never did it again, and that's that's why, because niggas don't know how to act. Yeah, they still don't. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks whoever did that. Yeah. Ruined a child's dreams. I remember that. That was back when Jingling Baby was out and all that, man. Yeah, that was a good time. Fucking, oh. Yeah, that, that mid-90s was a good time for music, which I've said before. But, um, yeah. But, anyway, you know, and then after after that 6 to 9 o'clock, then was uh, The Quiet Storm, which I forget. Right. I forget who was the host originally, but then. Uh, was it always? The, no, it wasn't always Doc Winter or somebody else. Oh, but okay. early in the early in the '90s, a DJ by the name of Doc Winter came in and t- took it over. And, um, uh, I had an example of that during one one of my magic shows. We did Quiet Storm. I don't I don't think we had even started calling them magic shows when I had to put that out. Yeah, we did. Was it a magic show? That, that might have been the first magic show. Oh no 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 no! You. Did an episode. It was one of the one of the Black Butt Rock episodes where you did that, and then you mentioned Doc Winter, and then after that, that's when we started doing the magic codes. That's right. That's, that's right. where it all started. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, but um, I mean, let's just jump into the the mid '90s where. Well, I got I got one more thing I got to talk about real quick, and only because this song keeps popping up everywhere, and I don't know why. Um. This is back in the mid This is like 91, 90, 1991, I want to say. And this was, uh, it was Tom's Diner. Sitting in the morning at the diner on the corner I am waiting 
by Suzanne Vega. <laughs> now, first of all, I that song. I don't know what it's doing on this on the station anyway because it was a white woman, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't R and B. wasn't It was like spoken. It's like almost spoken. It was a really weird song. Didn't rhyme. Nothing. Really strange song. But was talking about Tom's Diner, which is the actual stock footage diner they use for uh for Seinfeld for monks. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the song. And of course, I don't know that so much later in some trivia, but um, I, I, I've, I've refrained from mentioning anything about the song just yet, just, just because I know that anybody listening today, no matter when you were born, um, you know this song indirectly because uh, Be Real sampled it for a song uh, on his solo album. Uh, Drake used it. I can't remember the. It was one of his mixtapes back in like 2009, maybe. And then fucking Fallout Boy. With that "Remember Me for Century" song, it opens with it, and, and, they, and they sing it in the middle of the song. It's that that song should have died a horrible death so long ago, and just stayed where it was. But it keeps fucking re resurfacing. I mean, yeah, it it was getting sampled earlier than that because um, yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Nikki D meant, had that, yeah, that, for uh, Daddy's sample. little girl. Daddy's little girl, right? But I was mentioning that because I know you know anybody, any anybody uh, you know born later wouldn't know that song but they know the, they know the ones I'm talking about that yeah was mentioned but yeah before that like right on the heels of it Nikki D used it and, and that, that, that was like the only song wasn't that it that fucked me up cause, cause it was the the same beat and and everything I, I mean literally the same beat she didn't change shit to it so you just no. hear da, 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 da. so you didn't know if it was Tom's Diner or if it was Nikki D so you had to wait and listen <laughs> But why did anyone like that song? It's a horrible song. I don't know. Because that song is actually... And it refuses to go away. That song is actually really fucking... I mean, it, it's older than, than when it came out, but then this, this uh, you know, one of those European DJ group, which European dance DJs are are different than, uh, than the US ones. Well, not anymore, but back then, you know... They were, but it, it was some European DJ group that that took Suzanne Vega's song and put it to that beat. And is that what it was? Me. Yeah, okay. yeah, because she she had released it a, a long time ago. Well, not I, I want to say a long time ago, but it it had been released and was on an album and had different backing track and everything. But then they took it and put it to that that sort of a, a drum beat. Kind of like what happened. I mean, not. It's not quite the same because uh, the way they used it was, uh, I mean, they sampled it and then the, the original song ended up getting popular again to where they re-released the album. But uh, like Eminem, Stan, I don't think anybody knew that Dido song before mm -mm. he came out with it. And then once he came out with the album and that song got popular, then the original, you know, people started looking for the original. They ended up re-releasing the album and it got a whole new life because of Stan. Yeah. 
Yeah, that um, that's actually a really good example. Yeah. Yeah, but um, that song was big for God knows what reason. Yeah, and then um, uh, and I mentioned the fact that you know I was wondering how how she, what she's doing on that station because she's you know again this white artist and it was some some you said it was some Euro shit so I don't even know how it ended up over here. But there's a lot of stuff that ended up like um, God, well, we were talking about that that uh, song a little while ago that I don't want to fall in love. Yeah, I was gonna get to that. Well, well hold on a second, because I was gonna say, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but uh, I justify my love by Madonna was getting played on on 108. Oh. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I remember, because your mom, because that uh, justify your your love had, had that quote unquote explicit video that they couldn't show on MTV. You could only see it on the box. Which, I mean, it's tame by today's standards. Oh, yeah, totally. But I remember your <laughs> mom was like, okay, if that goes on, you have to turn it off. You cannot watch it. Yeah. So so it would come on, and you're like, no, we got to turn it. I'm like, why? She's like, no, because my mom said we had to turn it. So we would have to turn off the TV, and it, it was a long video, so we had to sit here's there. Here's the problem, people. People, because... And- you're probably wondering, well, why don't you just let it play and, you know, she'd be none the wiser. Well, because where we were living, first of all, I mean, we're sitting watching TV. You can hear it because the walls in there were, you know, not, they were, they, were, they weren't soundproof walls, okay? And actually, you know, it's an older place and you could hear right through that. So I remember one time, I mean, she happened to be walking, like, I don't even know if she was walking by or like that, but it just started to come on. She's like, turn that off! I'm like, I'm, I'm already up, I'm about to turn it off. You know, so. But we ended up having to just sit there in silence for like 10 minutes. Because yeah. the video was, was longer than the the regular radio song. Just staring at each other, waiting for this to go off, and then we click it on. Oh, no, it's still on, turn it off again. But we had to do the same thing when it came on the radio, too. Your mom may have either change the channel or turn it off completely. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, um, so I don't want to fall that. in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, we'll, we'll go back to that. So, now, I know the reason why that one's going is because Teddy Riley produced it. But, but, um, yeah, the, 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 the song, I don't want to fall in love, um, anybody who's played GTA 5, no, 4, Four. 5, um, the song by uh, Jane Child, I Don't Want to Fall in Love. That was getting played on 108. And I'd never seen Jane Child um, until like some, like, God, I want to say like 2000, 2010 maybe? Yeah, I was the same way. I had never, I hadn't really thought of the song until I heard it on GTA. But even then, I never like went to seek out the video. Yeah, and I didn't seek the video either. What happened is I was on, I was on one of those music blogs. And that song comes up, and like the album cover sitting right there, and like Jane Child. Wait a minute, that. Wait a minute, and they're talking about that song. I'm like, and I text you. I was like, Yo, I'm like, did you know Jane Child was white? <laughs> because, I mean, it's, she didn't sound white. I mean, yeah, it sounds like a lot of the, you know, a lot of the black female artists that were getting played at the time, and she was played on 108, and Teddy Riley produced the song. So I'm like, that was none the wiser. And she was, you know, white, the, the fucking white with half a shaved head. 
Yeah, half a shaved head with nose ring with a chain connected to her earring. It's pretty wild looking. I'm like, no, I that just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah. So there was some crossover, I mean, and I guess that happened that's happened all throughout history. I mean, you know, where you had you know, uh white groups crossing over on the black stations and, and vice versa. Yeah. But but yeah, those were just a couple of examples where it was like But but yeah, with the Suzanne Vega and the Madonna stuff, I never understood why that was getting played. Because uh, it, it was popular, and you know, let, let's not pretend that, uh, that that all black people only listen to, to black artists. No, this is true. You know, but let, let's well, let, me, let me say this. I mean, it's the hip hop in the R and B station. I mean, she's neither. Yeah, but then again, it's Madonna with this racy song that's making all kinds of headlines. I would throw it on yeah. if I was in charge. You know, just to, just because it's it's making news. I guess I guess maybe that was the point. Yeah. But uh, real quick before we before we break though, I just want to um, rapid fire, man. Artist songs you remember from like those early nineties, man? Because I got I'm right in my what, when that comes to mind. If you mention that right now, I think of Ralph Tresvant sensitivity. Oh God! Fucking <laughs> Johnny Gill. Again, these new edition alumni. So see, you know, BBD. So all of them, you know, yeah. um, Johnny Gill with the um, Rub You the Right Way and the BBD with all of their hits. I mean, we probably played them all in past Magic Souls. Um, and your favorite ABC. You know what? Your favorite Joe Public. Fuck you. <laughs> um, they got, um, God damn it. <laughs> Throw me off, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Ah oh, man, um, uh, Bobby Brown. Of speaking of new edition, they played. Uh, I mean, all all the new edition alums. They played all of that. Yeah, all of the any MC Hammer song. It was getting played. Um, Jodeci. Ninja, yeah. Jo- oh God. God, they played uh, "Forever My Lady" like at the top of every hour, almost. Yep. Yeah, Jodeci. Um, God. I was just about to say, I was just, someone was online. Um, what's his name? Tevin Campbell of the uh, Round and Round. Yeah, that was a big one. Uh, um, shy, shy. Yep. They played both versions of that. If I ever fall in love, they they played the uh, the regular version, and then it seemed like they only played that um, that acapella version. During Quiet Storm, yeah. Although they did play it, it got a fair share of burn. Um, and then we get into—I mean, really, honestly—it is probably true of all of, of your local channel, wherever you were at. But honestly, if you go back to GTA um, San Andreas and go to the Michael Bivens station, pretty much everything in there—that <laughs> was it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. The Michael Bivens station was pretty much it was the magic playlist in the in the 90s early so 90s. you like get with the program what shut, you shut see up, shut up the program shut up <laughs> I hate that song uh, it got played all the fucking time though uh, that's not even uh, Joe Puppet I, I can't sing that song who is that Samuel oh yeah I hate that song yeah it's not very good um but I mean uh what was what was the there's a group called Ex Girlfriend. 
Yeah, I remember the name of the group. I can't remember the name of the song. I know it, it's in my head right now. I'll, I'll look it up. But yeah. uh, yeah, and Vogue, of course, you know, just then everything they came, everything they came out with was a hit. Yeah, guy, guy got played on the regular. Oh yeah, yeah. And and to this day, I don't know why. Why do you want to me up? That sure. song, I swear, dog, dog, was on the new Jack City soundtrack, but it's not. Really? But it, I swear it was on there. But um, Christopher they, Williams was on the new Jack City soundtrack. Oh God! Dude. <laughs> Don't wake me. I'm dreaming. <laughs> and we even, I mean, that's just we're, we're having like you know, the Black Butt Rock uh, episode all. <laughs> <laughs> But then, you know, we talk about the rap music and I'm talking, you know, again, I, I mentioned MC Hammer. Um, you know, it's funny because I watched a lot of the box and Ice Ice Baby was getting plays on there before, um, a lot before Magic Went Away ever picked it up. Yeah. Um, uh, anything Heavy D came out with, you know, straight big hits. Oh, yeah. Uh, Heavy I remember D when, was popular enough to get play in that 11 o'clock show, you know. Yep. Jazz on their show. Yep, yeah, I mean, because he had just enough of an R and B styling about him anyway. Mm-hmm. You know the kind of music he made, so he was able to kind of toe the line there. Um, kid and play, kid and play, definitely. Um, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I mean, you know, obviously. Uh, and then I remember going nuts whenever um, I was recording. One, and I remember, I remember this exactly. I had the Ghetto by Too Short. I had mm-hmm. that. I t- I recorded that. I recorded Come On, Let's Move It by uh, Special Ed. And then I had Around the Way Girl by LL Cool J. And Born and Raised in Compton by DJ Quick. And I think they had just played that for the first time, but I just let the song play because there's like a new one from DJ Quick. I don't know who DJ Quick was. He was he was brand new. It's a new one for DJ Quick, born and raised in Compton. Well, I knew I liked Compton's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. I liked NWA, who was always talking about Compton. I was like, okay, well, another Compton song. Let's see what this is like. And it was, man, that was my shit for like the rest of that year. I remember the tape. I remember recording it, even. Because I had New Jack Hustler and then Christopher. <laughs> <'Cause> they- <laughs> I, re- I remember the exact order. Because it was the first song on the tape was New Jack Hustler. Then it was Christopher Williams, Don't Make Me, I'm Dreaming. Then it was... Uh, Followed by LeVert, Rope-A-Dope? No, it was uh, uh, <laughs> that DJ Quick song, Born and oh, Raised okay. in Compton. Yeah. And then it was Guy, uh, Why Won't D.O.G. Me Out. Yeah, man. I remember Probably the exact every- order. Because I, I recorded it at, at uh, my Aunt Hazel's house. Yep. On Friday night before... Uh, and I was, I did something the next night. I, well, I remember oh. a lot of those just being big time uh, spins at uh, Saints Roller Rink. You know, whenever I go to the skate nights, uh, school skate nights back in like fourth grade, mm-hmm. and that was back in those days, man. That was some, that was a great times, man. Those were those times where like, you know, I was in fourth grade. I didn't have a girlfriend, you know. What I'm saying I don't think you know, no one really did, I guess. But you know. When the slow song comes on, you know, you have one of your friends, whatever, and you guys, you hold hands, you find a girl, you hold her hand, and you skate around with her and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember the one was, uh, Guy, Let's Chill. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we take a break, uh, we're talking about songs. Um, I was gonna save this for the last part, but I'll go ahead and speak on it now. Um, when we did the episode about music, episode six, four, four, I brought this up, and it still drives me up the wall. But I now have even more definitive proof oh. that it happened. There was a song that I listened to. I, I think it was even on Pump It or Dump It. It was Criss Cross and Snoop Dogg. It was called Three to the Two. Um, I think the official title was, was uh, Three to One. But, mm-hmm. um, but Kevin Kevin announced it as Three to the Two. Snoop Dogg and Crisscross together. Um, and I cannot find the song anywhere. Cannot find it on the internet, can't find any mentions of it, can't find shit. But I had it on a cassette tape. I knew it was... Re- they only played it maybe four or five times that I heard. But I knew and it I was... must have missed it every one of those times because I never heard the song. But I knew but it happened. But I knew... Yeah, I knew it happened too. I knew that Criss Cross and Snoop had done a song because, and I mentioned this in the past episode too, is that the speculation was that's who he was talking about on, um, that's what he was talking about at the beginning of, uh, Doggy Dog World. Yeah. But it drives, it drives me crazy still because I cannot find that song and I want to hear that song and I, I just remember parts of it. You know, I, I remember Snoop Dogg, the first, like, two words of, of Snoop Dogg's line, of, uh, lyric. So, last month, I was doing another search. You know, I just went to Google, typed in Snoop Dogg, crisscross, three to the two. All of a sudden, something popped up on, on, uh, the search. It took me to a YouTube link. And it was the DJ, DJ Muggs, who, or not DJ. DJ whoever, Nabs Nabs who was actually uh, the on the road DJ for Criss Cross during the bomb tour mm-hmm. and I, I guess he hosts the radio show now and he was streaming it on YouTube and somebody put it up and you know I will play the clip right here but the song was real <laughs> motherfucker I wrote to John <laughs> I said, text the song. The song was real. Watch this. Seven minute mark. I'm done. Fuck you. <laughs> and yeah. I literally threw the phone on the floor because I was just, I was <laughs> like, it's done. I know. But let me play that right here. One thing that I have that did not make the Crisscross album, the bomb, is 321. Except I only got the TV track and the instrumental. Some of you may have heard, heard me play this before, but. It's like a one, two, it's like a I only have the TV track, which means, you know, instrumental and background vocals. 
and uh, uh, Snoop couldn't get cleared or something happened where the song didn't end up not coming out. So then Jermaine went in the studio and made I'm Real. So Yeah, so see, from the man who who worked on the song. The song was real. For whatever contract reason, they couldn't release it. But Jermaine Dupree has it in the vault somewhere. Jermaine Dupree, if you are listening, I'm on my knees right now. Please, please release this song. I don't see why not. He and Snoop are good friends. I need it for my, my, my mental health. Just so I can prove to people I tell this to that it really happened. And rest in peace, Mac Daddy, <clears throat> by the way. You know, you would think, you know, even after that happened, they would have released some, they would release that. Yeah, I mean, they always release those albums, uh, unreleased tracks, especially when someone dies. And granted, Chris Cross is not, I mean, you know, he's, people aren't really clamoring for new Chris Cross material. Uh, no. Or in such a way that even after he died, no one's like saying, "Oh man, I need to go back and hear Crisscross," you know. But still, I mean, that was that was a pretty big deal. I think they could release that. Yeah, I would think so. I, I would hope so. But please, yeah. please, Jermaine Dupree, if you're listening to this show, please, I beg you, I will do anything, even even if you don't release it, just send it to me, and I promise I won't play it for anybody else. I I just want it for my own personal. <laughs> Uh, musical collection yeah but um, yeah with that let's uh, go and do another quick break we're gonna come back and we're gonna get a little bit more into some of these DJs here yeah y'all clientele we love that clientele oh yeah <laughs> alright folks see you on the other side I be clocking the ends, the groupies paging me constantly, day in and day out, silky getting juiced by skis as it's played out, cause I'm a pimp, in other words I keep the upper hand, and all the ladies be sweating me even with they man, to make it simple, see I got clientele, but the other brothers get it from the cane they sell, but you know, that's state thing, and I do my thing, and hype makes the rhythm and beats to make the party swing, cane was slanged in the past, it didn't last, cause everywhere you go, five on ya, yeah. Even after that, still continue to rap. Even though I'm out of the game, I still can fill a cap. 
bust a rap, always strap. Ladies sit on my lap, and I let you lick my thumb when my G's get stacked. Get stacked. Go, go, go. No need for cueing me. I'm the sip to the smooth, straight out of DSD. Northside, I dwell where my pockets will swell. And when you mention Silky's name, you think, you think. Some people expect they free ride through life, cruising by on good looks and luck. Let me tell you something right now. It don't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> 